Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. He'll appear to be a friend. So in the middle of this seven years, the Antichrist breaks the covenant with the Jews. And he walks in to the newly built temple and says, stop your sacrifices to God. And he builds basically a a little image of himself. And he puts it in that place. And he says, no longer can you worship your so-called God. I am God. How will the Antichrist rise to power and turn on the Jews so quickly? Today, Pastor Mark will teach listeners of the deceptive nature of Satan within the Antichrist. Many Jews today are still waiting for a Messiah and peace. The Antichrist will attempt to bring that, but then betray the Jews and demand to be worshipped himself. All of these events that have yet to come in the last days were prophesied. As Christ followers, we can be prepared for the destruction of our world because we have scripture to learn from and the hope of eternal life that comes only in Jesus Christ. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of this broadcast. Now here's Pastor Mark in the book of Daniel with part one of his message, The Worst of Times and the Best of Times. We began at all of our campuses in Sebastian and Vieira, Daniel chapter 12, verse 1. At that time, and watch Vieira and Sebastian especially, watch the word time over and over here. At that time, Michael, the great prince who protects your people, talking about to Daniel, talking about the Jewish people, will arise. And there will be a time of distress, such as not happen from the beginning of the nations until then. But at that time, Daniel, your people, the children of Israel, everyone whose name is found written in the book, the book of life, will be delivered. Now, there's an amazing thing when you look at time. We, we see from this passage, prophecies all about time. Our times are in God's hands. From the beginning of our earth to the end, it's all about God and his timing. How good for us to know that God knows the timing of every single prophecy and how it's going to be fulfilled. That's what we see today. Now look back at verse 12 again. There will be a time of distress, such as never happened from the beginning of the nations, in other words, from the beginning of the world, until. So we're introduced, look at this prophetic map again, we're introduced to something called the seven-year tribulation, divided into three, two, two, two different times, three and a half each. Now, 
God shows Daniel in this ending vision, there'll be a, look at that seven years. It'll be horrible. It'll actually be hell on earth, especially the last three and a half years. Now, the Bible speaks about this in the New Testament. It also speaks about it in the Old Testament. Jeremiah 30, verse 7. Now, this is speaking about the nation of Israel and, of course, Jacob, the tribes. How awful that day will be. None will be like it those three and a half years. It will be a time of trouble for Jacob, the nation of Israel. Of course, many others as well. But he, the nation of Israel, individuals, many Jews will be saved out of this. So Satan's focus when he takes over through the Antichrist is to do as much damage as he can to the nation of Israel. Now, why is that? Satan hates God. God established his nation, the nation of Israel. As Christians, as Gentiles, we're grafted in. But his people are the nation of Israel. And from the beginning of time, Satan has tried to destroy that. He's just tried to destroy the nation of Israel. He tried to destroy Jesus even coming. And Satan will continue to do that to the end of the, his opportunities. He hates God. He hates Jesus. By the way, Jesus was a Jew. And the nation of Israel is God's people. So we've seen this all through history, but it's going to be a horrible time. It's going to be the worst of times for the Jews during that period of seven years. Now, I want you to keep your finger there. We'll be right back to Daniel. But I want you to turn to the book of Matthew in the New Testament. Here in Melbourne and Vieira, Sebastian, Matthew 24, 21. Now, as you get there, understand that the Great Tribulation is really the the, the final chapter in world history, because it leads to the second coming of Jesus. And then, of course, we have a thousand year millennium. And then basically uh, the, the end of this world is over. The finish is over and we get a new heaven and a new earth. Now, Matthew 24, 21, not only hundreds of years before Daniel hears about this, but hundreds of years later, Jesus speaks about the very same thing. Look at verse 21. Jesus speaking. For then there will be a great distress, unequaled from the beginning of the world until now, and never to be equaled again. The great tribulation is God's righteous judgment on a wicked world that refuses to submit to God and receive Jesus as his savior. So the first thing you can write is simply this. The worst of times for Jews and Gentiles who have refused to accept Christ earlier, they're left to go through the tribulation where all believers are taken out of that wrath. So this will be the worst period in human history. Never seen anything worse Never will see anything again. Now, and we'll take a look. We'll take a little flyover this morning. Revelation 6 through 18 is the, is the details of this tribulation. Now, why the tribulation? Why the tribulation? It's hard for us to understand why God's wrath, which is simply his punishment against sin. He finally says, enough is enough. Now, God's graceful. We don't really see that in the Old Testament. We don't see it, but twice. Remember, Noah. God said, 
Everybody does everything that's wrong. Nobody wants to do anything right. He destroys the whole world, except he saves Noah and his family. A picture of the rapture. Sodom and Gomorrah. By the way, we're living in Sodom and Gomorrah. This is what's happening to our country. What did God do? I had enough. Destroyed it. But who did he save? Lot and his family. The rapture. So here's a time when God's wrath come. But it's not only going to be God's wrath. You're going to see, he's a patient God. He's a loving God. And you're going to see. So I don't want you to write this, but I want you to see at least five reasons for the tribulation. Why hell on earth? Why is God doing that? Number one, to remove Christ's followers before his wrath is poured out on the world. The tribulation isn't going to happen next. You'll know when the tribulation is. If you miss the rapture, you'll know when the tribulation is. It's going to start right after. So, you know, and it's only going to be seven years long. So you know what it is, but it's hell on earth. You don't want to go there. So why? Christians are not, God saved us from his wrath. Can I hear an amen? I mean, who wants to go through this? So we're not going to go through it. So the purpose of that is to get us off. Number two is to demonstrate God's righteous wrath as he judges a wicked world. See, a lot of people say, well, what kind of a God do you serve? A just and holy God is who we serve. Because he has to, because he's just, he has to punish sin. But he's so long-suffering and graceful. Anyone here at campus has had a second start from God? Anyone here? I didn't say 500th start from God, but let me just raise my hand right there too. You see, he's been gracious, but it will finally be enough. Number three, to convince the Jewish people that Jesus is the Christ. By and large... The Jews have nothing to do with Jesus ever since Jesus came. Maybe he came to his own and his own received him not. So this is God's grace to his nation. One more look and you'll see what happens as we go through. Number four, to evangelize the world by still showing God's love and grace. And last, how does he do that? To give man a final choice. Choose God, choose Satan. Now, you would think during a time like this, everybody would choose God. But you'll see this morning, that's not true. Now, let me read out of Daniel 8. Listen, he, speaking of the Antichrist, will be a master of deception and will become arrogant. He will destroy many without warning. So here's the picture again, prophetically what happens. At the beginning of those seven years, the church is gone. He comes. The first three and a half years are not too bad. He walks on and says to the world, I can solve every problem. But his focus is on the nation of Israel. And at the beginning of those seven years, right where you see this, he he makes a covenant with the nation of Israel. The world's against him. You know, pretty much most nations are against Israel today. That's just what happens. They're God's people. But the Antichrist says, Hey, you don't have a sanctuary. You don't have a temple. You don't have a place where you can worship. They haven't had one since 70 AD when the Romans came in and destroyed their temple. The Jewish people have no place to offer sacrifices to God. So he says, I'll let you build it. Now that's a miracle because right now the Muslims have two mosques on that temple mount. So we'll see the the Jewish new sanctuary built there. And he makes this amazing things and the Jews go, wow. Maybe this is the Messiah because he's allowing us to do this. Now, he'll appear to be a friend. So in the middle of this seven years, the Antichrist breaks the covenant with the Jews. And he walks in 
to the newly built temple and says, stop your sacrifices to God. And he builds basically a a little image of himself and he puts it in that place. And he says, no longer can you worship your so-called God. I am God. And you will be forced to worship me. And the Jews go, "Uh uh-oh, we've been deceived again. And from that point, it's called the Great Tribulation. Because what is the role of Satan, the Antichrist? To destroy every single Jew. With other Christians who go in as Gentiles. And they become saved when they see all of this stuff beginning to happen. So immediately at that point, right there, desecration of the temple, great God begins to pour out his wrath and things like we have never seen before. Now, right from that start, three and a half years left to the end of time in that part, there are actually three kinds of wrath that God pours out. I'm going to give you a little flyover to see what they look like. They're major judgments from God to our world. Now, let me show you. Seven seal judgments, seven trumpet judgments, seven bowl trumpets, uh, judgments. As time goes on, as you get near 21, it worse and worse and worse and worse. So I don't want you to copy this. I just want to give you a flyover. Of course, I'm not going to go through 21 of those to say, because you and I'd all die at the end of that, because of how horrible it's going to be. So let me just give you a sample. The third seal. All of this found from the book of Revelation. Don't have time. Book of Revelation took me like nine months to go through. So I'm going to do it in the next three minutes. Here we go. The third seal causes famine. So all of a sudden, when God's wrath comes, there's famine throughout the world. We see that in many parts of the world already today. The fourth seal brings about plagues, further famine, further warfare, and notice, death. Now, what does that look like? When the lamb broke the fourth seal, I heard the fourth living being say, come. I looked up and saw a horse whose color was pale green. Its rider was named death. And his companion was the grave. So you can already begin to see the rest of the sentence is not going to be good. These two were given authority over one-fourth of the earth to do what? To kill with the sword and famine and disease and wild animals. So when this seal is open, what do you see? One-fourth of the population is killed. Of the world, not the nation of Israel, of the world. Now I go on. The first trumpet causes hail and fire that destroys much of the plant life in this world. So there's food again. Going to be even worse. The sixth trumpet releases, watch this, a demonic army. There's many demons that are on this earth. But there's many demons that have been reserved for this time. They've been in prison, but they will be released during this time. Releases a demonic army that kills what? One third of humanity. One third of humanity. We already had one fourth of humanity killed. Now we have another one third. 
I'm not going to ask you to do the math. Say amen. Okay, let me do you the math. Give you an idea. Let's just say that the tribulation started today. We're about 7.5 billion people on the earth. Let's just say for our sake, a third of those people that are on the earth today are born again Christians. 2.5 million. So that leaves us how much? That leaves us basically 5 billion people on the earth. The Christians, 2.5, we go up the rapture. So there's 5 billion people. Let's just, if it, if it happened today, if it goes to another 30 years or 20 years or whatever, obviously it'd be more and more and more people. Now, what is that left? 3.75 are left because one quarter have been killed. Now we have of that, what? Another, what? One third. So that leaves 2.5 billion people left on the earth. What did we start with? We started with 5 billion. One half of the population of our world will be killed during those last three and a half years. Now think about that. Bodies, cremation, smells, hurting, mourning. One half of the world's population is through. It's over. It's done. Those are individuals. They're finished. 50% die. Plus, as we move on, martyrs, believers, many of those millions of Jews and Gentiles who accept Christ are going to be martyred for Christ. So when you begin to see that, you would kind of think, well, finally, God's got their attention. Now, I want you to turn to Revelation 9, and we'll be back to Daniel in just a moment. I want you to see what the reaction of the people that are left, by and large, not everybody, but look at the reaction. Revelation 9, verse 20. You don't have to look for Revelation. It's the last book of the Bible. If you've gone to the maps, you've gone too far. Turn right, come back a little. Turn left, come back a little bit. Forget the maps, okay? Revelation 9, Vera, Sebastian, you online, verse 20. I'll read it out of the New Living Translation. So think of this, 50% of the world is gone. Here's their reaction. But the people who did not die in the plagues still refuse to repent of their evil deeds and turn to God. And they continue to worship demons and idols made of gold, silver, bronze, stone, wood, idols that can neither see nor hear nor walk. And they did not repent of their murders, their witchcraft, or their sexual immorality, or their thefts. You would think that these people would cry out for God's forgiveness. When all these disasters, they are experiencing all around them. Doesn't matter where you go on the earth. But we see the deceitfulness of sin in the hardness of man's heart. Now, they refuse to repent. What you see is a world that's against God. This is the world we are living in this morning. And it's getting closer and closer to the end. And the churches are diluting the word of God so they mean nothing anymore. We love everybody. God loves everybody. Sinners alike. Because like, where did we start? We were all sinners. We did things that you wouldn't want in front of people this morning. 
You wouldn't want that lifestyle. But he hates sin. And that's what he eventually judges because he's a holy God. So as we see this happening, we're getting closer to the end. More like Sodom and Gomorrah. Anything happens. And if you say anything about it, not to people, but to sin, then you're persecuted because you're a weirdo. You're whatever. So we, we see the hardness of sin and what our world is becoming even this morning. But go back and I'll show you this. This isn't the end. Remember, the second bowl results in the death of every living thing in the sea. So we've already taken care of vegetarians. All the vegetarians are gone. Nothing to eat. Here's everybody. They want to eat healthy. They want to eat something. All the sea animals are gone. Now, what do you feed a cow? Vegetation. So you understand what this is going to look like. The seventh bowl results in a devastating earthquake, followed by giant hailstones. Now, think of trying to run from a 100-pound hailstone. This is God's judgment. Now, how terrible will these days be when God's wrath is poured out on the earth? Jesus speaks about it in Matthew. Let me read it to you. If those days had not been cut short, if the three and a half years was extended to four and a half years, to five years, if they had not been cut short, no one would survive. But for the sake of the elect, those days will be shortened. Jesus said, if God didn't set the timing to three and a half years, four years, five years, there'd be nobody left in the earth. That's impossible for us to even understand. Now go back to the book of Daniel, chapter 12. How many are tired enough of the, the worst of times? Can I hear an amen? I'm tired. I want, some, I want some best of times. Do you? So let's get some good news. Hallelujah. Daniel chapter 12, verse 1. But at that time, your people, the Jews, in the middle of verse 12, your people, the Jews, Daniel, everyone whose name is found written in the book will be delivered. Daniel gets some good news. You can write it down this morning. The best of times. Jews who trust in Jesus as their Savior will be delivered. They will be protected. Many of the Jews, not all. Many of the Jews will be protected. And you'll see why in a moment. Every Jewish person's name was found written in the book of life. It, basically, they've accepted Jesus Christ as a personal Savior. That doesn't mean just Jews. Anybody during the tribulation, just as it is today, when you become a Christian, your name is written in the book of life. And when God judges at the end of the world, if your name's there, you're in heaven forever. Amen, amen, amen. See, it's about choices. Now, look at verse two. Multitudes who sleep in the dust of the earth will awake. We're talking about resurrection. Some to everlasting life, others to shame and everlasting contempt. The seven-year tribulation will be the worst period in human history. It will literally be hell on earth. Today, we learn from Pastor Mark about the tribulation and how it will be the lowest state our world has ever seen. We do know, however, that God always has a plan and His ways are higher than our ways. If you've accepted Christ today as your Lord and Savior, you're free from His wrath and judgment that's to come. You've been listening to Lessons for Living, the teaching ministry of Mark Balmer of Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. 
Each day here on Lessons for Living, we share messages that Pastor Mark taught at the main campus in Melbourne. Maybe you're listening right now in Brevard County and you don't have a home church. And today's message was exactly what you were looking for. Join us for worship. We meet at the Melbourne and Vieira campuses on Saturday night at 6 p.m. and Sunday morning at 8.30 and 10.45 a.m. And those in the Sebastian area can join us Sunday mornings at 10.45 a.m. For more information, call us toll-free at 866-779-3441. That's 866-779-3441. Or log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com and follow the link to the church website. What are God's purposes for the tribulation? In the next edition of Lessons for Living, Pastor Mark will show listeners why God is going to put the world through this seven-year period. Ultimately, his purpose will be to demonstrate his righteous wrath to a wicked world that has refused him. There will still be a time for man to choose God. At the end of this period, God will defeat and destroy Satan once and for all. We've run out of time today, but we do encourage you to tune in next time as Pastor Mark will continue teaching through the book of Daniel. That's next time on Lessons for Living. In a hurting world, a new hope he is given.